Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, as always, and delighted you're able to tune in with us yet again for another show. Now, before we do get into the top four stories trending here in Thailand, don't forget to like this video and please do subscribe to the channel if you already haven't. If you like listening to us on a podcast player, don't forget to look down below in the description where you'll find a link that will take you to a vast array of podcast players where the show is hosted. And finally, if you like the show, if you want to support the show, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so by looking down in the description yet again to buymeacoffee.com website where you can do that from there. So now that's all done and dusted. And don't forget to hit the notification bell on that YouTube so they'll let you know, by the way, when this show is uploaded next. But so anyway, now that that's all done and dusted, let's jump into the top four stories. And the first story is coming from Thai PBS today. And I'm a victim of political persecution. And that's a according to Peter Lim Janarat, the leader of the Move Forward Party. Move Forward Party leader Peter Lim Janarat has questioned whether he had been a victim of political persecution by the Election Commission. He wrote in his Facebook post today that he would like to know whether the investigative committee had concluded its findings before the EC asked the Constitutional Court to suspend him from performing duties as an MP, even though the EC claims that the investigation process and its petition to the Charter Court are separate issues. Peter referred to previous media shareholding cases involving about 60 MPs, saying that the Constitutional Court had not ordered any of them to be suspended from performing their duties first, but in his case, he was ordered to do so. I would like to ask society to judge whether such an order is fair or not, said Peter at the end of his posts. He was responding to a report that the EC Investigating Committee has recommended the EC to drop the charge that he had violated Election Commission law for allegedly holding shares in a media firm while filing candidacy in the May 14th general election. According to an informed source at the EC, the committee found that there is no clear evidence that ITV was operating and earning income at the time when Peter applied for his election candidacy in early April. The committee pointed out that in order to disqualify Peter in accordance with Section 151 of the Election Act, evidence that he still held shares in the media company must be clear and beyond any doubt. The committee's findings and recommendations have been sent to the Secretary-General of the Election Commission, said the source, adding that the case will then be forwarded to a subcommittee for consideration when Peter may be asked to testify to the panel. The source also said that the panel may delay the case until there is a ruling from the Constitutional Court on Peter's parliamentary status as relates to the ITV share ownership. That's just a little update on, I guess, maybe more feelings of Peter than anything else. But if the uh, sources are to be believed, they're basically saying that they found no evidence that he's deceived anyone and that he ran and his election candidacy was all in good faith. He believed that the shares that he did hold in trust for his father for ITV was okay to do so because the company has not been trading as a media company for about 10 years or so. So, I mean, it looks like the EC kind of jumped the gun on, on all this. And if we were to look and say that 60 MPs were also investigated in the same manner, but they were never suspended. It would make you think that maybe the election commission is slightly corrupt in all of this and uh, maybe pandering to powers that be. Nevertheless, let's move on to story today that's come out and it's in relation to the constitutional court itself. It dismisses the Move Forward Party's petition clearing the path for the next prime ministerial voting. 
the Constitutional Court unanimous decision to dismiss the MFP petition to rule on the constitutionality of the rejection of MFT leader Peter Limjanarat's renomination by the 394 parliamentarians mean that the upcoming Prime Minister's voting can now proceed. The court determined that the plaintiff, the office of the ombudsman, was not directly affected by the parliamentarian's decision, which primarily impacted PETA, therefore the court declined to accept the petition. This ruling effectively prevents PETA's renomination for the position of Prime Minister. However, the MFP announced that this week, if the court chose not to accept the petition, they would submit another petition to Parliament, urging them to reconsider their decision instead of seeking a ruling on its constitutionality. As the court dismissed the petition, the request to delay the PM voting until the court delivered its verdict is now null and void. This clears the way for the PM voting to proceed. House Speaker Wan Muhammad Nur Mata stated earlier this week that the voting could take place on either August 18th or 22nd. The House Speaker will convene a meeting with Senate representatives and political parties to decide the date for the PM voting. Puatai Party confirmed on Tuesday that they intend to nominate Sareta Tavasin as the premier candidate for the upcoming PM vote. The current Puatai-led coalition consists of nine parties and totaling 238 MPs including Puatai, Bumjai Thai, Chartai Tapana, Pracharat, Chart Patanakla, Puatai Ruampalang, the party of Thai counties, Palang Sangkam Mai and Seri Ruam Thai. Pailak T, a Palang Pracharat MP for Kampeng Pet and a member of its negotiating team, reiterated last week and this week that the party's 40 MPs would vote unconditionally for the Puatai PM candidate in the upcoming PM voting. With this support, Sareta currently holds 278 votes in his bid to become the 30th Prime Minister of Thailand. However, this falls short of the required threshold of 375 to secure the Premiership. The Move Forward Party stated this week that they will not vote for Sareta, necessitating the Puatai-led coalition to rely on votes from the Ruam Thai Sangchart Party, the Democratic and the Senate. On Tuesday, the Ruam Thai Sang Chai Party disclosed that they have not yet been approached by the Puatai Party to join the coalition. The party's leader emphasized that any negotiations regarding their support for Sareta or coalition participation need to occur before the PM voting. The party will not simply vote for the Puatai PM candidate without prior discussion. Now, Durian Lakawanasit, the acting leader of the Democratic Party, confirmed on Wednesday that no discussion had taken place between his party and Puatai Party regarding possibilities of the Democrat joining the Puatai-led coalition. Puatai has consistently asserted their confidence in gaining sufficient votes from the Senate and political parties for Sareta's nomination. However, some senators have raved concerns about voting for Sareta due to his poor statements advocating for amendments of the less majest law and allegations of tax evasion made against him by former MP Chuit Kawan-Visit. Some MPs and senators are calling for Parliament to allow Sareta an opportunity to clarify his stance on the less majest law and address the allegations against him on on the day of the PM voting. House Speaker Wan Noor confirmed the Parliament's legal team is reviewing this possibility, but no decision has been made yet. If Soretta fails to garner enough votes, he cannot be renominated again either. That's basically a recap of everything. So the Puatai party have now entered into a coalition with everybody that they probably despise, all for that bit of power. 
and in essence, I would say dooming themselves to the opposition in four years or whatever may happen. Now, they've also promised to redo the constitution and some other things like that. As the article has gone on to say, the Move Forward Party said they will not vote now for Sareta Tavasin for the Puatai Party. And the reasons are they're giving is they will not vote for him because they have joined forces with um coup parties so basically people who have been part of the uncle's parties as they call them so they're not going into that and i i think if anybody's come out of this with some kind of dignity it's the move forward party in all this they made their case before the election they ran on a platform they've kept their word they have refused to compromise on what they believe are their kind of core rules and regulations their core manifesto they've decided that they will go into the opposition if they have to but they will not yield or kneel to these people and wanting to change the way the move forward party is and that is kind of commendable on many many levels i mean some people might think a bit naive but and then you look at Pua Thai, who seem to have no morals and no guidance in relation to how they function they're pretty much prepared to get into power with anybody, even people who are who supported the army and the coup. And don't forget, many red shirts have died over the years because of people on the other side. I kind of find it hard to see how they can go into power with these kind of people. But the money at the end of the power must be so much that they really have to get the old heads into the trough and start feeding off it like everybody else. But nevertheless, it's really a sad state of affairs. Now, in relation to what went on at the Constitutional Court, the Ombudsman brought a case. And what the Constitutional Court is saying is the Ombudsman had no right to bring the case because they were not directly affected by the voting. Now, that has set a very bizarre precedent and according to some law scholars here, that may make the ombudsman completely defunct. The ombudsman is there to bring cases on behalf of people to the various different branches of court here in Thailand. And basically what the constitutional court are saying is they can't do that. But their basis in law is to do that. So this will be interesting to see how this gets played out in the future and the role of the ombudsman in the future. Because, I mean, if that's going to be the precedent being set by the constitutional court, anybody being sued or brought to court by the ombudsman can use the same precedent. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. But I'd love to know your opinion about this whole thing. I've never, I mean, let's be honest. We had the election on May 14th. We're now on August 17th. I mean, three months since then, and we still are not close to finding out who the next government will be, who the next prime minister will be. If it's going to be a vote, there could be a vote in two days, could be another six days. Who knows? It's really ridiculous. And by the way, the only people suffering through all of this are the people, the Thai nation, the Thai citizen of this country. They're the people suffering. They're the people who are the who need to see things being done to give them a better life and, you know, enact the things that they have voted for. Of course, they did vote for change and, and it's not exactly what they probably had hoped for. But nevertheless, you have to you have to go with what what is there at the time. Anyway, we'll move on to the next story. And this is a story. And, I, you know, I saw this on TikTok News as well. And I know people say TikTok, but it's actually by the Patia News as well. But Kuwaiti motorcyclist slams into power pole in Patia. And we're going to discuss a little bit more about this because this goes into more other things. A Kuwaiti tourist crashed his motorbike into a power pole in the small hours of Wednesday, August 16th. He suffered only minor scratches and injuries and was taken to a hospital by his friends. Now, police 
Colonel Nippon, a duty officer at the Nongpru police station, told local media that the accident occurred at 1am near a mobile phone repair shop in the Banglamung district of Chamburi. Emergency responders rushed to the accident scene to rescue the victim after getting a phone call from a witness only to find a group of Kuwaiti men surrounding a damaged grey Honda Forza motorcycle. They learned from the tourists that some of their friends had already taken the victim, an unidentified Kuwaiti man, to a local hospital by themselves. The injured tourist was reported to have crashed into a utility pole in front of a mobile repair shop. He suffered only scrapes to his right hand. The group of Kuwaiti men were found to be negotiating with the unidentified shop owner for financial compensation for the property damage before patio officials arrived. An unidentified eyewitness told rescuers that the victim was riding the motorbike at high speed in a group before he slammed into a pole, seemingly disregarding road rules and regulations. Now, Police Lieutenant Colonel Nippon told local news media that police were reviewing footage of security cameras to identify the injured tourists for possible legal action in regards to compensation for the damages to the shop owner, who was reportedly displeased with initial offers of damage compensation. Patia police also wanted to determine if the rider had a proper driver's license, insurance and registration. This is not the first accident or situation involving a Kuwaiti tourist recently as this has become a regular occurrence in Pattaya for the past several weeks. On August 10th, a group of Thai men clashed with Kuwaiti tourists over a traffic accident in South Pattaya. The tourists reportedly refused to provide financial compensation for the damage to the Thai man's vehicle and escaped, leading to the fight. Police have implemented several measures to deter these accidents, including ordering rental motorbike shops to carefully check the identity documents of the foreign customers and keep a record of them in cases those customers use the vehicles to engage in street racing and disturb the public. Now, this is... Uh, kind of become a common occurrence here and I hate to point the finger at any one nation but it does seem to be a lot of Kuwaitis that have been involved in this and young Kuwaiti single men in Pattaya at the moment. Now I recently saw a TikTok news report from Pattaya where the police had set up a sting operation in a certain area of Pattaya and judging from the let's say the footage of this sting operation what they're basically doing is they're pulling over people on motorbikes because they have an issue and a problem with people riding motorbikes in groups and uh, disregarding the law in regards to how motorbikes should be ridden etc tourists foreigners let's call it and they were pulling people over and i can tell you from the 30 second video clip the only people that seemed to be going in this area were what looked like arab men and from the report it was Kuwaiti men, all groups of Kuwaiti men, no helmets on them, they seem to have no licenses, they seem to be on rental bikes, and it does make you wonder exactly, and as we bring have brought up in this show many, many times, rental motorbike companies renting out bikes to people who don't have legitimate paperwork to get a motorbike here in Thailand. As the law states, to ride a motorbike here in Thailand, you require a motorbike license and an international license motorbike license at that and it would make you wonder exactly what is going on now if the police want to put a stop to this the best way to do it is not to go after the Kuwaiti tourists because they're the ones who are I mean yes they're they're renting the motorbikes and and they they know what they're doing is to go after the rental shops and start taking these bikes off them and impounding them if they don't start following the law and by all means and by all accounts in Pattaya a lot of residents are getting pissed off with these Kuwaiti tourists who are there causing problems each and every week. And it's been going on the last couple of weeks. And if the police want to do something about it, then 
you know what, yes, you can go after the Kuwaitis and you find a break in the law, maybe implement the yellow and red card system like Phuket has, but also go after the owners of these motorbike rental shops and start shutting them down and confiscating their motorbikes until they start following the rules and regulations of the country. There are rules and regulations, there's just absolutely zero enforcement by police. And I think that would solve a lot of the problems, not just in Pattaya, but also in other areas like Hua Hin, Phuket, where and Bangkok where you have these issues and you know I, I think this would be one way to certainly sort it out but I'd love to know what you think about this down below do you think this has become a problem in Pattaya if you're living in Pattaya as always your comments down below in that comment section and finally kind of a a throwback to a bit of a story we did last week about there were some massage parlor raids in Phuket where they found an underage girls well that has continued this week and apparently that one raid has led to several raids and the police obviously having to do their job but Patong massage parlor raids are continuing Patong police have raided another massage parlor whose owner was caught operating the venue without a license this by the way if you could you could probably hit most massage parlors in Patong and did not have licenses. Officers from the Patong police station, led by uh, police captain Udon Halhulrat, raided the Universe Massage Shop at Ratu Tip, 200p Road, at about 9:30 p.m. last night. The officers arrested one suspect named by police as Mr. Anat, who was charged with operating a health establishment without permission. News of the raid was announced by Patong police late last night with the explanation that the raid was part of an ongoing effort to crack down on illegal massage operators in the tourism town. The crackdown is to specifically focus on venues operating without a license and to prevent prostitution in the workplace and unlawful acts, said the announcement. The crackdown comes by order of the Patong police chief, Lucarnan Sujin, co-signed by Patong police deputy superintendents. Universe Massage was the third massage venue raided by Patong police since Monday last week when officers raided Aisha Massage located in a small street off Hat Patong Road and arrested the operator named by police only as Miss Yupin for operating a health establishment without permission and allowing employees under 18 years of age to work in a place where massage services are provided to customers. Patong police on Saturday night raided the Hatta massage shop following a complaint that the shop was operating without a license and using children under 18 years of age to provide massage services. Officers arrested one suspect named only as Miss Anuma who was charged with only operating a health establishment without permission. And this is by the way going on all through Patong, by the way not just Patong, all through Phuket. If you go to Rawai you will find the same thing, Shillong, Bangtao, all the popular Kamala, all the popular areas and i i think shouldn't be by the way the police who should be raiding them it should be the, the ministry of public health who are the ones responsible for assigning licenses to these different various places and i explained the last day the difference between a spa and a massage shop to you guys so it is up to the department of public health yes okay the police want to get involved because they may say well we're looking for underage girls working here etc etc but if the ministry of public health really hit the streets they would find a lot more than three in a week i'd say hundreds would be probably more like it but anyway folks that is it for today delighted you were able to tune in as always we'll be back in the next couple of days thanks again as always and stay safe but ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. 
You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.